How much is too much to spend on your pet? Keep listening. Welcome to the Wallet Win Podcast. Each week, we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. So we have a dog named Wrigley. We have a tumor named Wrigley with a dog growing <laughs> off of it. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yes, we have a seven and a half year old Labrador retriever. He is a our snuggly buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, great little pup. But a few years ago, Wriggles, he's named after Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, Jonathan is wearing a Cubs hat as, oh, we, yes. as we film this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, little Wrigley just began to get a lump on his chest, which is common in the retriever world. Labs get bumpy. Lumpy. Get bumpy. What do they call them? Like a fatty cyst or a fatty I don't tumor? Know what they call them. I mean, the doctor told us like these things can be basketballs growing off these dogs <laughs> so it panicked us a little bit but it, the the approach was let's wait and watch and see and we've waited and watched and seen for a couple of years now now right away they did a they did an aspiration on it and mm-hmm. saw that it was fatty tissue and that it was benign it was so, not cancerous yeah the vet yeah. at that point was like well you know what let's not operate on an animal if we don't need to why mm-hmm. would we do that um, so let's just kind of wait and see. Well, we waiting and see. We've been waiting and seeing for two and a half years now. Yes. And then, so there's the cyst uh-huh. on his chest, and it doesn't seem to bug him that much, but it has grown to be about the size of softball, a, a softball almost grapefruit. Yeah, you know, it's in between it's there. It's kind of a thing. I think people think we're terrible pet Whenever owners kids when they see us. <laughs> what is that? We're taking for a walk, or kids come over to play with our kids. They see him. They go. What's that on his belly? <laughs> yeah. I'm just tumor. afraid he's going to snag it or whatever. Ugh. But it hasn't been the, you know, priority for us to kind of go get fixed. And it hasn't been the priority for the vet either. No, it hasn't. So there was another health issue that came up, though. Mm-hmm. About a year ago, uh, his nose began to get dry. Real dry. Really dry. So we bought that nose butter. Mm-hmm. And we were applying that every day. Of course, we went to the doctor and they did a round of antibiotics uh, and that didn't seem to, to would, heal it up. It would help, but it just came right back. It would. It would just keep coming back. And so every day we were smothering the poor guy's nose and that nose butter multiple times a day just mm-hmm. to keep it moist because if it would get too dry, his nose would kind of crack and then it would bleed everywhere. And we had we were getting sick. Of having oh. our sheets look like... A murder scene <laughs> after the dog took a nap there in the afternoon. <laughs> or where, you know, the car couch or the couch. Everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah. Like he would bump his nose and it would just be a fresh bleed all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it was like the green machine just kind of get got lugged around the house cleaning up from his nose. Thankfully, we got it to calm down. Mm-hmm. We turned up the humidity in the house. Summer came. Summer. Uh, but it has started to get dry again. And we noticed a few weeks ago it was starting to crack more. Yep. And it was separating in the middle and there were some lumps and bumps kind of on the top of his nose. So it just felt like it was escalating. So we went in to the vet and they saw the tumor. Okay, that's getting bigger. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, and then they saw his nose and were able to diagnose it. And the poor guy has lupus, some an autoimmune condition that affects his nose. Mm. Uh, so he had to do, we're in the middle of a big steroid treatment for him mm-hmm. to try to help get him better. But through this process, we've had to have continual conversations about mm-hmm. with ourselves about kind of the financial aspects and the sides of yes. owning a pet. Because there's there's the medicine mm-hmm. that we have to give him. And they said, you know, you're probably going to have to give this to him. You have to do around every year or so. Yeah, this is going to be a condition that's now just with him. Mm-hmm. And whenever it flares, we're going to do a round of steroids. And then, of course, there's the tumor. Yep. And they want to take it off now. They do, because it's gotten so big. It's big. If it gets bigger, it's going to be hard to close. Hard to take it away. The tissue yeah. after, because then there's just, the tissue won't even come together because it's so huge and spread apart. Anyway, this this whole conversation got us thinking, we hear oftentimes in our Waltman Academy, we're from friends, this question of how much is too much to spend on my pet? Hmm. Do I get something like pet insurance? Um, is it just kind of you just go to the vet and you hope for the best? Do I just have to do everything that's suggested? These are really good questions. And to be frank and completely honest, a lot of times people overspend on their pet to the degree that it harms them financially it harms their overall financial game plan Mm -hmm. oftentimes because they didn't have a plan that they were executing sure but so then when something came up you know instead of focusing on making sure they were investing in retirement every month for example roll rut row now they spent 8k on a dog treating its cancer or whatever it might be Mm-hmm. And that can have serious ramif- like serious effects throughout your life. And so we want to have this conversation as pet lovers. I don't want to have this conversation. Don't think that we're callous and mean and cruel and that we don't love animals. We love our dog. Oh, yeah. He's great. We love him. John, you have a trick with him where you teach him to he dances with you. He dances with me. gives me hugs. <laughs> we shake hands. It's fun. Oh, yeah. We love him. We take him all over the place place with us i mean one of the things reasons we got an rv is so he could come with us mm-hmm. on all of our adventures and vacations um so we're not coming here as these harsh cold pet haters who want to tell you do not spend a dime on your dog as some people do in the personal finance space that's not oh, how sure. that's not us that's not where we're coming from uh but we're going to come into this conversation and i hope we're going to bring a balanced approach mm-hmm Balance is key there. Yes, because there is there is a line. There is a number somewhere where it is too much mm-hmm. to spend on your dog. Exactly. If your dog needed some surgery that was $400,000. I can't even imagine I what that would really be. I <laughs> really hope you would say no to it. Yes. That's very clearly crazy. But if he needed a medicine that was $4, of course, you'd get that without thinking. Right, so, so somewhere in between four and $400,000, there's a line that is just way too much to spend on, on your pet. And it's going to differ for where you are in your personal finance journey. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, gonna, it's not going to be black and white, but it is going to be relative to your unique financial situation. And we're just going to talk about how we came to our own personal line um, and how we make decisions about this so that you can go ahead and filter through some of these questions as well 
and then make an informed decision so that you know that you are both loving your pet but also taking responsible care of you and those entrusted to you. Mm -hmm. You got to do both. Yes. So let's talk about that, John. Yeah, so if you've got a pet or pets, you need to know what your amount is before anything happens Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to get caught up in the moment. I mean, this is almost anything that's going to be kind of expensive and you you, you come into it with a line, right? Buying a car, buying a house, how much is too much for the dog? All these things. You know, what are we spending on a vacation? Whatever it is, yep. because otherwise, going with a hard number. you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna happen. You, oh well, it's it's this much. Okay, well, I, I guess we'll do it. Or if you're shopping for a house, right? We, if you only thought, if you only can spend, you know, two hundred fifty thousand, if you know that going into it, Don't start you're not gonna start looking at the stuff that's two eighty. No. You know, that's craziness. But if you don't know that going in, you, oh, that one looks nice. And now you're getting pulled emotionally to uh, fudge the numbers mm-hmm. and go beyond what's good for you. Yes. So you need to understand how much you're willing and able. You might be willing to spend whatever, but what are you able to spend on your pet? Mm-hmm. You need to know that number before you're ever in a situation where you're being asked to spend that. Exactly. So Jonathan and I, um, we before I, I, I scheduled the vet visit mm-hmm. and I figured, okay, this tumor, yeah, I'm ready to kind of, he's looking, he, do, he doesn't seem like he's uncomfortable or bothered by Mm-mm. it. That was Mm-mm. always kind of the criteria of if he started looking like his daily life was impacted, let's get it off. He really never has. It's just something that looks to me like it's getting bigger and pos- and in the next year I could see it being negatively impacting. Mm-hmm. Or if we decide to go hiking in the mountains, I- I'm worried about it getting poked or snagged on something. I know that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> or it's going to rupture. Come or it's going to get an ulceration on it. I know you're getting all queasy. Squirming over here. <laughs> uh, and so we just knew, okay, we, we need to – mentally prepare for a surgical removal on that thing and then whatever's going on with his nose we didn't really know what it would be but we decided that at this moment in our life we are debt free we have an emergency savings we own our home we are contributing to retirement every single month Mm -hmm. but we have three young children and we're trying to take care of their education Etc. 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 A lot of our income is dedicated to, uh, you know, the current daily bills, but also giving and investing. So we don't really want to spend hordes of money on a dog. Mm-hmm. So we decided that fifteen hundred dollars was our limit. That was our number. For some, that might sound really low. For others, that might sound like a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, I was giving you context on where we came to. That amount of money would not. Be, require us to decrease giving or investments or other things. It would mean pausing on some other lifestyle stuff that we like, but not for too long of a term. Mm-hmm. And and it was, this is maybe we specifically talked about it with these issues coming up. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, it's going to be 1550. Well, put the boy down. <laughs> You know, these are issues that, I mean, it's not like he's going to die from these things. No. He can still go on and we'd have to have some other conversations and things, you know. But 
Anyway, yeah, I went to it the appointment. It was a lot less. Yeah, it was about um, 80 bucks for the appointment and then the, the steroids for his nose, which jury's out on if it's actually going to fix it and if we <laughs> might need to do another round or who knows. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, usually you're the punny one around here. I know. And then the tumor removal, the doc estimated around 600 bucks, same day, in and out, surgical situation. So the number came in really good for us. We felt good on that. So we got things scheduled. We started the medication, and we were able to move forward. Yep. Now, if this continues to escalate and elevate, that's always a conversation you have to keep reassessing. Mm -hmm. Three months down the line, our number, something could happen in our lives, and that number is now way less sure something could happen and we could decide that it could be prudently increased yeah and you have to just look at the situation in front of you and the context always matters uh how old is your animal what type of uh how extensive would this treatment be is this just prolonging suffering there's so many questions that you've got to ask yourself and this leads into the second question here of or the second point we want to make is At the end of the day, this is an animal. Yes. This is, as much as our culture wants to treat our animals like they're our children, they're 100% not our children. (laughs) They're not human beings. They do not have a soul. No, they are. They are an animal. They are an animal. They are pets. Yeah. We love love them. them. Love them. You know, we uh, hang out with them. I like to cuddle Mm -hmm. with them. Uh, Spend a lot of time. Exactly. Uh, We love that dog. But we love him as a dog and in not, our family. Yeah, we're not going to act like he is a human being. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pretend or delusion ourselves into that reality because it's not. And John, I think you wanted to share something on that. Yeah. And I'd say this is, I mean, you, you kind of think about this. And sure, you might have a little bit of a, maybe you've got a warm and fuzzy furry heart here for your pet. Um, but you, I think most of us can see here that, yeah, I think that makes sense. There is some there is a difference there between people and animals and yes we can love them both but I certainly love our children way more than I love Wrigley. Right. If something if it came down to the line and our kids needed some life-saving medication that required us to liquidate all of our investments, sell the house and obligate the next 5 years of income to pay for it, We're we doing, would do it. Doing it. Absolutely. If it was for my dog? <laughs> no. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> You're gone way before that. <laughs> so, so yes, it's, it's not you know, it's not it's not callous or anything. It's, it's I think a lot of us just understand this as a piece of reality, and um, and in fact, the church, the Catholic Church, has has thought about this. They've had two thousand years to think about a lot of things, uh, and so there's a book, a big collection of all sorts of teachings. Uh, from the church called the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in paragraph 2,418 says, It is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. It is likewise unworthy to spend money on them that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. Mm. One can love animals. One should not direct to them the affection due only to persons. Can't say it better than that. Bingo, bango. <laughs> that just summed up three major points. <laughs> of Yeah, you don't cause unnecessary suffering, mm-hmm. but that it's an affront to human dignity to elevate a pet to the same level. 
Yes. And don't, and we can't do it. And I know it can be really hard and we can feel very emotional when something bad comes up with our, with an animal. Mm-hmm. But that's why we recommend having that number. And then always kind of checking in your own mind of the reality here, um, that they are a pet and that if this is going to be something that would be excessive to, and it would hurt you mm-hmm. and your own family's situation, financial or not, I mean, finances bleed into everything. So even if it does strain you financially, that could end up bleeding into wrecking many other aspects of your life or even your relationships. Um, and so not having an animal take that priorities is really big. Uh, but then also not extending the life of an animal just because you can't let go. Mm. That's important to recognize here as well. Mm-hmm. They have shorter lifespans. And there's certain medical issues that it's okay if they get them and it's okay to keep them comfortable as they live out the rest of their days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you don't have to treat everything. Yeah, and those days are unlimited. Mm-hmm. And just I think knowing all of this, keeping it all uh, together uh, can help you make those decisions about the dog or yep. cat or parakeet. Or whatever it is. Yep. Ferret. Oh, I'm just having a flashback to <laughs> uh, when I was a child. Oh, man. Mm. I, had a, I had a $5 hamster. Hammy. Hammy. And he got sick. And my, I got so upset that my mom took him to the vet. And, you know, it was like a, they gave him some liquid drops or something. Who knows what that was? It was it's sugar water. water. <laughs> And it was it was like eighty five dollars, you know, to see the vet. And I, I don't think it hurt my parents' financial situation or any. Ab- it didn't really. Um, so it was okay. But my dad, to this day, he's like, we could have had thirty hamsters for that price. <laughs> and the hamster did end up dying within forty eight hours <laughs> of this vet visit. And I just, I didn't, you know, I was little, so I didn't understand. Um, but. I really did. I think that I just ended up prolonging his suffering hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I should have let him go. Yeah. So and so this big conversation is wrapped up. We're talking about finances here. But what about the question of pet insurance? Mm. This is a goodie. We get, you know, post postcards in the mail from time to time. I get ads online from time to time pushing pet insurance for our dog. Yes. And our answer is typically, I mean, I'd say almost always, no. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could be the type of person who would find every way to, to milk it, to somehow make it worth it in some situations. But the overwhelming majority of people, it will not be worth it. Yes. And the amount of money that you would end up spending on a pet in their own lifetime it's an amount of money that your emergency savings should be able to handle. It should, and they, that that number should not even be all of your emergency savings. Mm-hmm. You now, where you draw that number, it should be a number that you would be able to kind of absorb pretty healthily. Yes. And if you're talking numbers beyond that, I mean, pet insurance. It sounds really good in theory, but then when you get into the nitty gritty, there tends to be a lot of exclusions. Uh, a lot of plans they'll exclude a cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So right then and there, you you know you sign up because you're like, oh, if they get this, you know, freak cancer or whatever, it'll it'll be covered. And then it buried in the hidden fine print, it mm-hmm. says that's not going to be covered. Or 
all of these breed specific issues that are super commonly known. For example, what is it? Um, Labs in the hips. Labs in the hips. There's other ones that have hips too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a lab in a hip. I thought it was a German oh. Shepherd in a hip. Oh, I thought it was labs in the hips. Somebody in a hip. Other dogs will have, you know, knee issues. Other dogs will have jaw issues. That one that has like no face. Problems. There's always sinus issues with that dog. Yeah. So a lot of times, again, buried in the fine print is going to be exclusions on the thing that is most likely to happen to your breed of a dog. <laughs> yeah. So then at the end of the day, uh, it's it's probably six of one, half a dozen of another. And if you mm-hmm. just set aside what you would have paid in a pet insurance premium on a monthly basis, you would have just had the cash to pay for the thing if it came up. Yes, exactly. With the exclusions, the premiums, the deductibles, all of that mm-hmm. rolled together. If if you really want to be prepared and save like that, take the payments, put them in a savings account, and then you'll have the money to pay for it when it comes. Exactly. And if something doesn't come up, and you've got now that money. You have the money, exactly. So that we just—that's how we recommend doing this, um, because it's just oftentimes a letdown for people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't pan out. Yep. Again, we love our dog Wrigley. We he's do. a good boy. <laughs> we love him. He's—you uh, know—he's a member of the family, but not like the kids are. No. He's our either. pet. Yep. That's his role. He'll be here for a few more years. Oh, yeah. And then we'll say goodbye, and then there'll be another dog. Mm-hmm. And we'll love him, too, or her. Yes. Yep, so keep all of that in mind. You need to have an amount before something comes up so you can enter into it without emotions pulling you into what's going to be bad for you. You need to make this decision in light of your financial situation at the time, in the light of you know the dog's life. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you, your family, the animal, all of that. You need to be able to make your number so you have it as a tool, as a guiding principle and tool when a situation arises. And while you're making that number, keep in mind they are animals. They are a beloved uh, you know, member of your household, but they are in the pet role. And keep all of that in mind as you make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And last and certainly not least, that you can probably skip that pet insurance. Just save the premiums and the deductibles yourself in a savings account, and you'll be ready. Mm -hmm. Heck, that'll make that first part easier. You'll already have a number saved up. Bingo, bingo. Waiting for you, ready to go. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode, and until next time, bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.